There's no way that the show would be the same if we did not have the previous head coach of the LSU Tigers, Coach Ed Ogeron, to come on and give us a nice little tune-up about the Saints and about LSU. You know, my daughter was born during the LSU-Alabama game almost six years ago. So many memories, so many things happen during this game. It's usually people don't get married down here when this game is, or if they do, it's a day wedding or something along those lines. Yeah, you can get married pretty cheap in pretty good venues this time of year coming up, but we'll talk all about that. LSU, Alabama, something tells me that's coming up, but guess what? Thanks for hopping into the Sunday sickness. And with that being said, here is Coach Ed Ogeron, bitch. My boy Bobby Abear coming on that burn after baby on that WWO radio. Uh, I'm in my truck right now. I mean, I was, I was at home watching the Saints game, and uh, you know, I just, I just want to go out there and I want to hear the AM radio for a little while because I'm Coach O, bitch, and you tune that there anchor. And uh, we've had a great, a great week of sports here, baby. You know, um, earlier, you know, LSU had a bye week, but uh, you know, they, they 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 whipped ass before the bye week. They're gonna whip ass again by beating Alabama. You heard it here first. We're going to tear them up, baby. I really believe that. And then Saints got crunk, baby. Carr connected on some great passes. You know, the receivers looked like they were on. They were getting close to being on the same page. There's still some uh, miscommunication problems. And sometimes uh, old Carr reminds me of uh, Zach Nettenberger, where the ball would just be thrown in the middle of nowhere for no reason. I mean, he, he got to work on the accuracy and all that, you know. But they're going to get on the same page. They're going to be good. They're going to be crunk. They got that taste from hell. They got that boy Williams, he getting crunk too. And they also got the kid from TCU, you know. I mean, they got Hill. They got a bunch of running backs. I mean, they got a whole stable of them. They got a bunch of great receivers, tight ends, although I don't know where Jimmy Graham is. He's still missing. But, I mean, look, we got the keys. We got the fundamentals. We got a great defense. Des Allen is a great defensive coordinator. I don't know about head coach. You know, hopefully he makes it, but he's a great coordinator. He's got that defense playing Super Bowl level. I know they ain't perfect, but nobody is. Well, I mean, I'm close to perfect because I'm Coach O, bitch. And you listen to that there, Anchor. Go Tigers. Go Saints. Go Tulane. And about the World Series, I don't know, I man. It's just going to be interesting. I ain't got no dog in the hunt. My Yankees ain't in there. But, um, you know, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's going to be a good good, uh, good matchup, I think. It's going to be good and entertaining. Great first game, that's for sure, baby. Ten innings and all, and then a walk-off. I am Coach O, bitch. Go Tigers. Welcome to the Sunday Sickness here on the Sports Antidote. I'm your host, Danny Belts. What a week. Yes, I understand everyone's major concern. Did Bro Exotic make it to seven in a row with the woke equation? And the answer is yes. If you don't have the internet, Air Force covers pretty bizarre fashion. Bro Exotic stealing the show from Danny Belts. That was the intent the whole time. You guys didn't know that? We're going to talk about that. We're going to catch up on the futures. Boy, it's just the future is getting bleak. I have never been in this spot before since I've been doing this show. I mean, it has been a long time since I've been in a future conundrum. We got a few. It's fitting. It's fitting. You talk about how good you are at something, and then everyone finds out you're really not that good at all. 
Maybe you got lucky for seven or eight years. Who knows? We'll talk about the games that were. One of the most perplexing cards I've ever seen in my life. And I mean perplexing as in I've had to look at this way longer than what I normally would. There is <clears throat> There are so many games coming up this week that fall right into the classic level of misperception. Not so much how games are going to be lined. But the perception of what actual teams are and what they have coming, coming into what I'll call now like the rivalry time. So this is the big week coming up now. You got LSU, Alabama, and that's a big game every year. You got a lot of big games coming up. And this card, it just couldn't be any any better. It could be, but but the reason I say that is because the games that I like, there really is everything I would want there early. And the initial numbers reflect a beautiful opportunity nearly all across the board. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. Hey, if you're not doing anything, reach out, touch a brother, and tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. So a couple quick points before we get into the nitty-gritty here. Uh, the Drunk Neighbor will be coming on to discuss a little bit of the game to come, which is A&M Ole Miss. Get his opinion on some of this stuff. We'll be talking about that. And he's got a little snippet on the Florida-Georgia game, which we'll be touching base on, and he makes some good points there. And I will say, when it comes to analytics, you're going to hear a lot about this, you know, in basketball, football now, you know, baseball, we talk about it. I feel like it's just so people can say random numbers, give out some mathematical platitudes, just throw stuff out there, but since it's in the name of analytics, they can say whatever they want, and there's nothing that can be said back because that's just how it is. It's analytics. When you have the football, I don't care nearly what quarter it is, and we'll get into when you want to do, when not do this in one second because I just saw this in an NFL game. But I'll tell you, going for think about it like this. You have four downs, all right? We look at fourth down as the down to give the other team the football now, and we just look at this almost automatically. And I've always said why, why, especially watching the Saints punt the football in the first quarter on a fourth and three with one of the greatest offenses in history, because at the time, that's what you do is just mind-numbing to me. You only win in this game when you have the football, okay? If you have the football, you don't need to have it all day like it's 1973 trying to win a T.O.P. award. Uh, no, but if, when you want to score, you're going to want the ball a lot. Now, at the end of games and such, yes, this is when you may think about punting and such, but it is incredible to me what analytics has done to certain coaches in certain spots. Let's do real quick today. The Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks got into a little shootout there for what should have been a defensive struggle. A 24-point first almost went under, and it would have went under 38-and-a-half still. Still would have went under after a 24-point first. At the end of the game, Cleveland has the football on a third down and three. What I'm trying to say, and they're at like the 45-yard line of their own 45. What I'm trying to say is if they get this first down here, then yes, they win the game. Seattle hasn't done anything in about two and a half hours. Doesn't mean that they are. But if you can punt the ball from the 50, all right, and you're confident that this guy can pin them in there somewhere, I'm not going to argue that one in this spot. However, when you do have the play to go for, which is what you should be doing, in my opinion, three yards, the game's over, don't give them the football. Think about all the things that have to happen after you punt the ball. You're going to have to stop them four times in a row. That is very difficult to do. It's, 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 it's almost impossible, I feel like. So go for it. Is it really worth the 30 yards of field position to end the game now if you can get three feet? That's up to it. I'm not an NFL coach, but I know what I'm doing. 
They run some ridiculous play that gets intercepted. This is what I'm talking about. You have the right idea, but at this point, if you're going to go for it on third and short, run it, and then only to run it again. That's what we're doing. We're running it twice. We're letting you know. Off tackle, here it comes. Name it if you, you can name it if you can hit it. Name it if you can stop it. We'll call it the masturbator. So you have a Temple quarterback, a guy that played for Temple, so he throws and then you have the game in his hands. So, of course, you give the ball to Seattle at like the 50. And they have all this momentum and they're able to get in field goal range and then score a touchdown. They don't even need the field goal to tie. And it drives me nuts to watch this because it's so unnecessary. It is unbelievable. If that's analytics, then what is this? Arizona is playing Oregon State in some late Pac-12 football, which has been incredible in my opinion. I am watching some of this game. And it's 10 to 10. Arizona gets the ball down to the 21-yard line. Or excuse me, Oregon State on the road. Arizona's a tough customer. These other teams I said where Arizona State is way tougher than I thought. Arizona can be way tougher than I thought. Pac-12's got good on the bottom, too. Stanford, they're not a complete bum squad. Like, the Pac-12's got a pretty good setup this year. I know I've been saying that a lot, but I've taken a lot of notice to this conference. And I'm telling you, it is solid on the bottom, which you need. This is why the SEC was so good for so long. It's not because we had all these top-level contenders. I mean, yes, you have your Alabamas and then your Florida and that run there. And then you sprinkle in a little LSU and now you have Georgia. You sprinkle in a little Auburn every 10 years. Okay. <clears throat> but, what, but, but what the SEC had was that middle powerhouse. Tennessee, South Carolina always winning, you know, seven to nine games. Not always, but a lot. You have Kentucky always winning games. Arkansas, Mississippi State, they're good for seven to eight, sometimes nine wins. Every now and then, State wins ten. Ole Miss, always eight to ten win. But you don't really have that now. Uh, you do, but not really. This conference does, I feel. But some of the coaching decisions I've watched in some of these late games have been abysmal. They've been unbelievable. But this is the worst decision I've ever seen in my life. If this falls down to analytics, it makes me feel smarter every single day. There is no excuse for anything of which I'm about to tell you. And reading some of the stuff, the coach, the, the, the press conference itself, and listening to how this is being handled to me is hilarious. Because once again, Jonathan Smith, the head coach of Oregon State, went down and said, in the name of analytics, and then did this. In the name of analytics, which I'm going to start saying all the time on this show, right up there with, right up there with this right here. Do you like that? Don't worry about the context. They get the ball down to like the 21-yard line. Jonathan decides we're going to line up for a field goal. That's the smart move. There's three seconds left. So you're going to kick a field goal, and then you're going to go up 13 to 10 probably. This is a chip shot. So they line up for the field goal, and it's a fake. I don't mind a fake field goal. Matter of fact, I think that uh, – uh, but I mind a fake field goal when they're not trying to block a field goal. They're just standing there. And this was a running play to the kicker that has to go about 30-something yards soup to nuts to get to the end zone. Now, we'll give you this. He's fast as shit. He came around that. He came uh, through the C-gap like a bat out of hell, all right? And he was flying. You could tell. He's not an average kicker. But th there's other people standing there not trying to block. This play probably works if they're trying to block the field goal, but it's not going to work when they're in a base defense. And they fake it. If you don't believe me, go watch. And then they say, that's what the book said. The book said, the book said fake a field goal and give it to a 5'6 white guy that kicks a football and tell him to run through these people, that's what the book said? Did the book tell me to split kings at Harris last night? Probably not. Did it anyway. Bad idea. Boy, let's not always listen to the book. Holy crap. It's one of the stupidest shots I've never seen. And the drunk neighbor, I'm out to take his team. In the other game, yes, this came down to a really stupid play call by Sunbelt Bill. 
I don't mind the I don't mind going for it. Here's why in this case, you gotta think. And if people take, I don't care if it's fourth and inches or fourth and ten. In Florida spot, forget down and distance. This is what I talked about earlier with four down mentality. He's not trying to cover, he's trying to win. So if you're trying to win, you're gonna have to do things unconventionally against a team that hasn't lost in three and a half years. The last game they lost was to Florida three and a half years ago, whatever. Three years ago, whatever. It's been a long time since they've lost. So clearly you're going to have to go for a lot of fourth downs. You should know that going in. All right, you're going to go for a lot of fourth downs. You play normal football with Georgia, you're going to lose on a neutral field. Okay, you can't. You're going to have to think outside the box and use the four downs when one of them is not bringing on a player that brings no revenue. Punter brings no revenue. They don't bring points. Oh, they do. Every now and again, they pin somebody in. For the most part, you don't ever want to see your punter on the field unless you're the Cleveland Browns a few hours ago. You would have loved to see the punter on the field then. But in this case, you do some ridiculous play. It just, oh my goodness, I like Napier too. It just makes... There's no argument for the drunk neighbor when he starts hammering me with all this Sunbelt Bill stuff. What am I going to say? It looks like a Sunbelt play. Uh, another Gus Malzahn halfback option pad. What the hell? Just get the... What are you doing? So you're doing the right mentality, but my God, when you decide you're going to go for it, is there some sort of like award for the wokest type of conversion, the, the effort? Like, well, they didn't try to do it conventionally. Yeah, they tried to have six guys touch the football. And get Taysom Hill to take the end around? Come on. Or what the hell is going on? As a matter of fact, let's just bring on the drunk neighbor now, Mr. Producer. He can, we'll get this bit that he's done, and then I will go, in the name of analytics, I will, I will talk about the games that were, and the games to come in the name of G-analytics. Analytics. We're faking field goals before halftime, giving it to a guy that looks like he should be a jockey. <laughs> Go back and watch that play. I did not exaggerate one iota of that entire sequence of events. Drunk Neighbor jumps in to join the Sunday sickness. We just have to talk to this guy. We had a week off. We didn't know what to do. LSU's not playing. A lot of other stuff happened, but you and I want to talk real quick about Ole Miss at home versus Texas A&M. They're getting four and a half points out of the Aggies. How do you feel about that? If Hamas is going to attack this country, (laughs) let it be... At 11 a.m., whatever time this Jefferson Pilot sports game is going to be taking place, because this would be a great time for there to be an invasion on American soil and get rid of just the worst, the the ultimate privileged preppiness. There is a lot of privilege in this game. And then, of course, the cult. Which I turned on the beginning of the South Carolina A&M game and before they even started commenting on the game or anything, they show the yell leaders. And I I gotta tell you, what if you're a recruit, how do you look at that and say, you know what, this is a school for me. This is awesome. Now, I know, I actually know the answer to that question and there's a bunch of zeros at the end of a check that come in that bring you there because it's sure as hell... Not going to be playing for the two oldest white men in the SEC. Yeah. It sure as hell not going to be to be part of the yell leaders. It sure as hell not going to be known as Texas 8-4. It's got to be the cash. But let's let's talk a little bit about this game. 
because uh, very intriguing here. What's the line we got right now? Four and a half. Just Four and a half there. on Sunday. It's very on interesting. Sunday. Getting cucked on a Sunday. Getting cucked on a Sunday. I. <laughs> so. It, you made it, it ate them. And their road prowess isn't exactly something we want to hang our banner on. I don't remember the last time they won a road game. <laughs> you said that, SEC. and I was like, I, I don't remember the last time they did either. Because every time they do something to us, it ain't here. And they never beat us anyway. I don't think that they've won a road game this year. Um, I know that <laughs> they lost that Miami game. They lost that Alabama. Uh, it, it's, not, it, it's not been good for them. So it's going to be very interesting to see if they're able to step up against Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss... They played really. They came off a bye and absolutely took care of business against Vanderbilt. Texas A&M started a little slow against uh, South Kakalaka this week. They cannot do that. No. If you're if you're taking A&M this week, you cannot watch them just fall down seven no fourteen no because they will not be able to come back on this team. But the good news is A&M does have a pretty good defense. Their offense has not been that great this year. Uh, they've not been able to throw the ball very well ever since Wegman got hurt, it, other than the first game that Max Johnson came in against Auburn. But ever since then, he, he's been struggling. So you got to think you're going to have to have some defense here. Ole Miss's defense looked good against Vanderbilt, but other than that, they have not been very good this year. I mean, we saw what LSU did to them. Uh, so I could definitely see A&M pulling this I guess I'm going to do this in quotations, upset against Ole Miss. <laughs> it would be. It, it would be. Technically, you're right. In quotations is appropriate. Uh, I went back and looked at some things. Texas A&M, you made a good point about their defense. Sometimes stats can be a little off. There's not many games in football. It's not baseball. I went and looked. In the Miami game, a lot of the points that Miami was scoring was these short field turnovers, which doesn't necessarily mean yeah they had the block punt. They, they just had turnovers all, they, within they the score goofy time. ways. You remember, I forgot about the block punt. It really, their defense is number eight in the country. And that's what it is. And I was like, it's even with that Miami game. They they can hold serve. My my thing that just and you brought you, you basically said it for me almost. Who is going to be excited to bet Texas A and M right here? I mean, this is why I'm interested in it. How do you not go Ole Miss four and a half? What do you look what they did to other teams uh, in in Oxford? We're gonna go and blow them out. So this is like the death trap for me because it does it. It, it it will work out normally more than it does not, I feel. But this is one that I may just want to stay away from because who is going to be excited to bet Texas A&M? I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch what the line does this week. Very, very interesting. A&M, if you put these rosters up next to each other, A&M is far more talented. <laughs> far more talented than Ole Miss is. They're more talented at almost every position other than maybe running back. But – and quarterback at this point with Wegman yeah. out. But – and you got to think Jimbo is going to be coaching for his job every week. I, he cannot lose another game this he can't. year. And he, it brings up an interesting question. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's no. fresh in my head. We always talk about the coaching advantage when, when I have you on. You know, sometimes people don't understand. I like having Brian Kelly in certain situations. We've talked about this. I don't feel that – I feel the coaching advantage goes to Ole Miss here, and I don't know how you get around that one. It's crazy for me to say that, but – they have one loss does Ole Miss. They're doing something right. And yeah. I just feel like this this line is insulting to almost Ole Miss. Like the odds makers like, ah, oh, they go ahead, take them. As you take my money, let's take the favorite. And it very well may be the reverse. But your initial instinct would be you think AM can A&M go or here? nothing. This is all this is why it's good to consult with the objective drunk neighbor on this beautiful Sunday while the Saints are giving up a bunch of points to the Colts. 
Uh, and I know you saw it just real quick. The woke equation. I mean, I don't know what is going on here, but it just seems to be a powerhouse. Can we get Bro Exotic to send in the picks before it becomes live to the public so that I can put my 401k on? Yeah, we're going to get it in. Our 401ks need to start going in. God knows what he'll bring next week. But, I mean, we need to start thinking about this. We need the Rangers to win one more and then what? the and Diamondbacks then... to win the rest so That's that it. we're really making money. And then so... Bro Exotic is just – then we're really – you're right. That was plus seven. Hundred for everybody. I got some of that action. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people did. The Young Wokens showed me a picture. I, I, he sent me a picture of it before I posted the episode. Somehow he must have known uh, in the woke. You know, he is kind of woke, so they can they talk about that telepathy. I'm sure you've heard I about like that. that. Yeah. Well, anyway, the drunk neighbor, thanks for jumping in. I want to make two hit. points before you kick me off. Make them. Number one, Florida. Sunbelt Bill absolutely destroyed you in that game. That should have been an easy cover. That whole game changed. They were down 14-7, I believe, and decided to go for it on fourth and inches at their own 30. I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem is a direct snap to your, the up back or run back and then try to get him to throw it. Horrible. Absolutely stupid. So you get you give them the ball, they score in two plays. And it's over. Then you get a block punt. That is why he belongs back in the Sun Belt. I don't know what he's going to do against Arkansas this week. That's a very interesting game. Yep. And then one thing I want to tease, I hope everyone's ready. This is my Super Bowl week every year. I come ready for this LSU-Alabama game. I'm going to be channeling Alex Jones. I hope everyone's ready because I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm very excited to get in front, get on the mic for this week. I, I plan to uh, explore the studio space as we – Lead into maybe a little LSU brown Bay water Mark. for this one, maybe a little bit. We're we're gonna make sure that I'm good and toasted for this one. I like I like everything I'm hearing. I'm going to be not traveling. We will have a normal recording in studio. I like it. Uh, oh, oh, it's gonna be a home game for you, my friend. LSU's on the road, but you will be right at home when you record this. Trust me on that. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Pretty wild week. Capped off with a little bit of bro exotic, which we'll get into both of those. Uh, Mr. Producer has lined up a little Gucci Mane for your boy. Ran this one past Benny Hanna and a few other people. They said it was legit, but not legit enough to almost lead off the show. And I kind of agree, but this beat gets me in the mood. So I am in the mood to talk about some losers. So let's talk about some losers off the bat. What a better way than to not take the steam away from Florida. Florida getting 14 and a half. Open up the game with a touchdown. Graham Mertz right down the field. Giving the guy the ability to do what he does best. Get him back a little protection. He can check his options. He delivers the football. You saw what I said a couple different times. Extending drives with arm angles and touch. Mertz is good. His statistics in this game would lead me to believe that there was an easy, easy cover. However, special teams was terrible. The fourth down play calling was horrible. And although they only had one fumble that was lost including a garbage touchdown scored at the end to still not even get close to covering a 14 and a half means that I clearly am not close to being where I need to be giving picks on this show. That's an embarrassing loss. And albeit if they play that game 10 times on a neutral field, especially given the way Florida could move the ball and they weren't hurting themselves, they're going to cover that probably half the time as they should. Couldn't be any worse than our transvet, our transsexual army. Pans, trends, and automobiles. Bro Exotic probably knows every player on the Army. This is where I get in trouble all the time. Why is Army a double-digit favorite over anyone? We talked about them versus Texas San Antonio in the same spot when the Army beat them outright. I don't quite understand 
What is happening? Oh, I know what's happening to the armed forces. But I don't know how you, you give me this double-digit favorite against a horrible UMass team where they have a running back who averages nine runs a carry against these guys. Basically won the entire game. Army trailed the entire football game. I think they may have tied it at one point, but they're terrible. And that pick was horrible. These two picks cloud what is a good week. I didn't have a play of the year, thank God. But these two are so avoidable. I've avoided ones like this. The record's still okay. But the thing is I like is my record of avoiding losers is incredible, which doesn't make us any money, but it doesn't lose us any money. Not quite a record you can talk about, so let's get into the winners. USC over 39 and a half. I mean, what, what did you actually expect here? The highest scoring game of the season almost. Goes over 100. The cow goes for the win at the end. Good for them. I don't mind the play call. They just were able to cover a tight end that was probably the initial option. USC covers this easily. Rice getting 10 and a half, going down early. But Tulane does what Tulane does. Tulane's not ready to be this big dominant favorite. They're going to keep winning these games. Although it was a two-point game, it did end on the three-yard line of Rice. Tulane with the football trying to run the clock out. Good news is for us, if they score there, we still win. Boy, I can't imagine being in that spot. Can you imagine being in that spot if that garbage touchdown puts you out of the cover zone? But Rice was in the cover zone, almost in the win zone. Memphis, North Texas, over 68. Boy, this is another game that almost went over 100 points in regulation. Once Memphis gets it going, it is incredible. Their kicker loves to kick it out of bounds after he scores touchdowns. They give up so many second-half points. North Texas is down by 30 and almost wins the football game. Takes the lead late only for Memphis to score. There was about 35 points scored in the final five minutes. We didn't even really need them. Uh, but it also helps. And then Oregon. Oh, Oregon, Oregon. My God, I think you might be looking at the best team in the country. Before anybody has comments on what the best game was or the most impressive win of the season, allow me to give my opinion. Oregon going into Utah and beating the drum off their leg is the most impressive win I've seen in quite some time. That is a team that allows less than 14 points per game in conference during this win streak that dates back years even without their starting quarterback still on the sidelines. They get the football first, does Oregon, and they score more touchdowns on Utah in the first half than every team this year, more in that building than they've given up in, like, Whittingham's entire tenure. And Oregon goes up by 30. The game is still basically halfway to go, and they pack it in and just pound into the ground. This team is unbelievably well-coached. No penalties, no turnovers. When they get the big lead, they just run it out. It's like a pro football team. And Bo Nix, I'm sorry. I keep talking about Daniels. I talk about Penix. Bo Nix is just the best quarterback right now next to Daniels, in my opinion. There's other really good quarterbacks. But if people in relevancy and Washington keeps flirting with a loss, I get that. But I am saying this. Bo Nix is not getting sacked, not turning it over, and he is just destroying teams. Had they let Bo Nix go the whole time, He's going to run a train on Utah for four quarters, not two and a half. So a very impressive win. Uh, and Oregon at 14 to 1 to win the national championship is oozing with value because their only loss, remember, the only loss is out there to Washington taking a late lead. That's a tough place to win, losing on almost the last play of the game. <laughs> Oregon represents, in my opinion, the most battle tested team. And after that Utah game, boy, we know exactly what we can expect from them. And I think you should, too. The joke about Bo Nix, the joke about these Ducks not being physical, all the previous things that were associated with this Chip Kelly team when they had their hay, 
They are no longer applicable as this team can beat anyone in this country. And the way they play defense, it, it is unbelievable. It's almost like they do a hurry-up defense. I don't know. They don't ever look winded. It's a classic Oregon defensive line. It's smaller than most. The offensive line smaller than most, but they're condi- it, it reminds me of the Kelly team with way more of an edge, more talent, and way more angry. And they just hammer teams. My goodness. They don't allow anything on the back end. So we are very interested in Oregon. And real quick, quick futures update. Ohio loses again. This is horrible. They lose to Miami, Ohio. You know, they outgained 70 more yards, 10 more first downs, only one turnover. Rourke has a great game, and they get drubbed at home. I don't understand what's going on with this team in the red zone, but it is bad. They're going to need to win two more. They're going to need to win two more games out of the next four. I mean, they should easily do that, but at this rate, we don't know. Miami goes to overtime with Virginia. Oh, my God, if they lose this game, if they lose this game, it is over. It is done. We're going to win the bet. Now they win in overtime. A 22-point favorite. God, this team sucks. They suck. I was right. I'm going to lose this bet by one game. because <laughs> The Clemson overtime win. Back-to-back overtime wins for Miami. I could have won this bet already had they lost one of those. But this is, how, this is what happens. They have at North Carolina State. That's probably an L. At Florida State, probably an L. Home versus Louisville. That's probably an L, and then they got to go to Boston College. I don't know. They have to lose three of these next four. They cannot win two of the next four, and the same goes with Iowa. They're going to have to win three of the next four. They got Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, those three at Northwestern, Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, and then at Nebraska. They're going to have to win three of those four without McNamara, and after getting absolutely effed against Minnesota on that baloney, still can't get over this. If it's, if it's illegal fair catch, where's the flag? Where's the flag? You can't break, you can't create or break the law if, if a crime is not a real thing. So it can't be that if there's no penalty. It's unbelievable how that game should be. That should, game should be reviewed by the FBI and the Department of Treasury. You're gonna you're gonna have a hard time explaining your way out of that one. That was way too ridiculous to take the touchdown away after the fact. Talk about it, no penalty, and just randomly make shit up. To change the outcome in conference play in the Big Ten is just a hideous way. Iowa State's the worst future I've ever had in my life. There's no excuse there. They just won again. They're a good football team. I didn't just miss this one. Boy, when Ohio beat them, I thought we had wrapped both these up. But they, they're they well coached. They continue to win. They just drub Baylor. Aranda's going to be getting fired any minute now. Baylor is not even competitive against bad teams. Uh, that is a, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, the futures are in jeopardy. Uh, no, Missouri's not, so that's good. Miami won today, and then, of course, the Bills barely beat the Bucks. Boy, we really would have used that one, but we could not get down. But that's all right. That's all right. All right, Mr. Producer. You know what time it is, pal. This card, boy, I looked at this thing way too long. Danny Belts goes 4-2. I forgot to talk about Bro Exotics' unbelievable Air Force win. We'll do that right now. Air Force up by 10. Late. Looks like Bro's not going to win. The weather's terrible. He's laying the 12 and a half. It closed at 14 and a half. Even L.A. Burns texted me and asked, is Bro Exotic moving lines? And I told him, what do you think, pal? Everybody knows this. Everybody knows the woke equation is rolling. People can't get to the book fast enough. The drunk neighbor. Already back in the game with a FanDuel account. Laying it down, talking about his 401k on Bro Exotic's next pick. I believe it. I mean, you have to. So then Air Force scores go up 17. Bro Exotic. Meanwhile, there's a snowball fight in the cholera in Fort Collins. A flag was thrown against the actual fans. Fans are ejected. 
They don't like losing to the Air Force. They probably found out Bro Exotic won. And how perfect is that? Because Fort Collins is one of the reddest college towns in North America. FOCO. Colorado State ain't woke like Boulder. Bro Exotic ain't woke like Fort Collins. He's way woker than Boulder. He is 7-1, ladies and gentlemen. The woke equation continues to roll. Let's get into C. Bro Exotic's coming back. We're going to see what he has going for eight. Guy can't even lose a game. He hasn't lost since Labor Day. What is Danny Belts like here? Warm it all up. Let's do this. Texas Christian plays Texas Tech. Boy, Texas Tech is suffering from one of the worst cases of how did we end the season last year. Amnesia I have ever seen. I thought this team was going to be pretty good. And boy, they are terrible. Texas Christian's offense can roll at times and look terrible, but these defenses, the same. 56 and a half is that total, and boy, is that kind of high for two teams that somehow can almost... These teams could end up 17-13 the way they play. I would have had this around 51 and a half, 56 and a half. But these two yuck-ups on offense? Has, has TCU done anything on offense since Colorado? I don't know. Circle that. Something tells me it might have an over here. Boston College. I like Boston College this year. I like them a lot. They're tough. We're going to need them last game of the year versus Miami. Getting three and a half at Syracuse. Ah, yeah. I mean, I think that Boston College should be getting like a point. Three and a half. We're going to start there with Syracuse. Dano Babers. Maybe they got the big orange MAGA home thing going. Bro Exotic's going to love this one. Oh, almost did it. Not on the record, but circle that. I like Boston College clearly a lot here. Texas A&M getting four and a half at Ole Miss. The drug neighbor gave me his opinion on this. I agree. 54 and a half, low total. What are we trying to say here? What we're trying to say here is A&M's defense is pretty good, as we discussed. And this will probably not be a shootout, but it could. But I doubt it. It's a shootout. Texas A&M gets rolled, and Jimbo Fisher does not get out of Oxford. However, if this does go the way Texas A&M can run the football on Ole Miss and not to play keep away, they can gash these guys four and a half points. Ooh, I think the right team's favored, but four and a half, that's a lot. Where is this line going to go? I have no idea. Circle it. We'll come back. We'll find out. Rutgers. I love Rutgers. I love Shiano. He reminds me of just the Big Ten Jim Moore with UConn. Maybe that's why I love these guys so much. Ohio State always has a goofy game with these guys. 19 and a half at Rutgers. Shitty weather. 41 and a half total. They're almost correlated, which means you can't take Ohio State and the over here because the point spread is at almost half of the total. So they will correlate. Circle that one in the book as you will not be able to parlay this game yet. This is a Super Bowl for Shiano. I mean, this guy coming off a pretty good win. Rutgers is a team that is starting to become more talented and relevant within that conference. And every single game, he gets everything out of these players. They're the same guys, Shiano and Mora. But in Shiano, in Shiano, and they both coached in the uh, NFC South. I'll tell you this. I don't know how to bet a dog unless I think they can win. I don't think Rutgers can win. But circle this game. We're coming back to this. This is too weird. Arkansas goes to Florida. Florida laying seven points after that ridiculous game. Ridiculous game versus Georgia. I have no idea what I'm thinking here. I'm probably not getting near this game. 48 and a half. I don't know what they're trying to tell me here. So let's just move this out of our minds right now. There's plenty of other games I can lose on. We'll laugh about the losses way more than this one as this will just make me go back to the Tito's probably. Kansas State getting seven points. I thought it was seven and a half, seven at Texas. I mean, I don't understand. 
When has Texas looked good this year? Did they really even look that good versus Alabama? And if they played Alabama next week, what do you think would happen? Man, I don't know about this. Texas is definitely just not ready to start being some premier favorite and probably against the best team in that conference, which very well might be Kansas State. I'm not sure how I feel about any of this. I'm not sure how I feel about Texas after losing to Oklahoma. You know how I feel about Oklahoma. I don't know what we're going to do here. We're going to be watching this one closely because if this goes back up to 7.5, we'll definitely snatch it then. If it goes to 6.5, I'll probably wait because then it'll probably get up to 7. Don't quote me on that, but that's the way we're going. Nothing on the record yet. We'll keep on trucking. Nebraska goes to Michigan State, a three-and-a-half point favorite, 35-and-a-half total. That's about right. Bad weather up there. That was well. Nebraska, oh, this is a great spot for them. A nice little favorite, kind of like when they went to Illinois. a nice little dog. You go play Sparty, who's hanging on to their program with, with their fingernails right now with versus a team that is going, I would say, in the best direction imaginable. This is going to be a game where I don't think Michigan State or anyone is going to score too many points. But I am very confident and comfortable laying points in Michigan State with Nebraska. The question is, does it get any better or worse than three and a half? Man, do I love getting Nebraska on the record to get my Nebraska brethren fired up. I don't have many of them anymore, but I tell you what, one of them for sure. He loves it. Boy, we're going to have to wait till Thursday. I want to do that right now, but everything in me says just wait. Oh, boy, something tells me we will be talking about Nebraska very soon. Ew, UCLA goes to Arizona. UCLA is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, you know about that. I'm not sure the right team's favorite here. I really don't know where this one's going to go. Arizona has shown me enough, especially at home. I like the way they're coached. I like they're in every single football game. UCLA is kind of like that. They're like the late version of Colorado in the Pac-12, a team that's now they're kind of attractive because they're playing winnable teams and winning winnable games. I don't think this is a winnable game. I don't really know where this line is going. Boy, do I want to get this on the retail. I'm just dying to get something on the record, but we're going to be watching this one really closely. Washington laying three points at USC. USC, what a just mess, 74 and a half. Washington, a three-point favorite. I think now we are just, because Washington's had struggles on the road and people still somehow believe in USC, I'm not sure where this line goes, but I'm telling you right now, this thing gets under three. I'll bet Washington so fast. Oh, my God. We'll take the Huskies so fast. We are not done fading USC. And stay right there because I'm getting back to USC in one second. I don't have much on the record here, but I do have a few more games. So we're going to keep going around the loop here. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State is at home getting six and a half points. You know, before the season started, I remember looking at this one. I went back and looked because I had it in my notes. Oklahoma State was getting 14 and a half at that point. Now they're getting six and a half. Now, same thing with Penn State. Getting a better line on what was early doesn't mean you're going to win. We found that out. But I really find it hard to believe that you're going to get anyone excited to bet Oklahoma State here. Otherwise, I'd take this right now, but this may get up to a touchdown. There is an unbelievable chance we'll be taking Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, an A&M, and two other games, but we need to see where these go. I'm not confident on the record today, not because of anything in the past. I just, these are sitting on kill numbers, and these, these are where it gets a little weird. Missouri plays Georgia. I'm mentioning this game. We're not betting it. Georgia's getting 
Lane 17 versus Missouri. I mean, sure, if you told me Missouri's down by 10, later wouldn't be surprised. Yes, they can maybe give Georgia a little game at some point. Can they win? Yeah, I don't know. UCF plays Cincinnati. Cincinnati, once again, the game, I talked about it. We didn't bet it. Oklahoma State-Cincinnati, if you had the under at 56.5, you are sitting so great because they need to score 21 points in 3 minutes and 39 seconds, and they did. Cincinnati scores a touchdown. Oklahoma State returns the opening kick, and then a pick six basically leading up a touchdown. Cincinnati can't help but put nearly every game they play in over. Nobody will be talking about this over. Nobody will be talking about this over. This game is going over. I have no idea where this line is headed. I really don't. We're going to have to <coughs> eventually get something on the record here, I believe. But circle this one as well. There's a lot of reasons why we like this game. But I feel that this is going to go down a little bit. The perception of Cincinnati still is. They don't score a lot of points. They certainly score enough and give up a lot. That's a whole new program there. Notre Dame laying three and a half at Clemson. Boy, I mean, every time you want to say, let's get behind Clemson, you realize they're just not a good football team. Boy, it is not good. And Debo's persistence to stay away from the... You know, the waiver wire or whatever the hell they call it in college, the waiver wire, the create the transfer portal. I don't know. I don't have a really oh, it's just not looking good. I don't know how anyone's gonna be betting Clemson in this spot, which means we're certainly gonna be looking at him. How can you be motivated to bet Clemson? They can barely they can't beat anyone. Notre Dame's winning again. They just won by a thousand. Thank God we didn't take Pittsburgh. And here we are, three and a half. Who's gonna bet? Who's gonna bet Clemson? The house is gonna need our help there. We like siding with the house, especially with home dogs that people forget about and think are garbage. Clemson's still well-coached enough to easily win that football game. That line, not big enough, as I feel Notre Dame should be more of a five-and-a-half-point favorite. So watch this one. Danny Belt special coming on the way. Jacksonville State getting 14-and-a-half at South Carolina. We love Jacksonville State in this spot. We really do. And I want to put them on the record right now, but there's no way this is going to stay at 14-and-a-half. Look, the Rich Rod Zion web thing works but these guys tend to hold everybody they play to less than 20 points per game. They're 7-2 for a reason. Look, in their first year in the FBS, they've done more than expected. And with an over-under of 54.5 and 14.5, this looks like more of a piss-poor SEC team than a high-caliber team in Conference USA. In other words, South Carolina is not getting any respect from the oddsmakers, nor should they get any respect from the oddsmakers. There's a reason why I had them last year and not this year. And let me tell you, this is a full-blown South Alabama-Oklahoma State Part 2 as far as I'm concerned. Same exact type of situation. South Carolina is just not that good. Jacksonville State's defense is excellent. Excellent. It will be 100% for the first time. That's a top-10 defense. But even in their weight class, that transfer, boy, people wanted to play with Rich Rod. Keep your eye on this game. I'd get it on the record right now. But I cannot because we're only going to get a better number, I feel. So hold that. A lot of close ones, but not really. But you want something on the record, I'll go ahead and do it now. I said I wasn't going to do it, and boy, did I lie. Should have did it a few days ago when it was still at five and a half. This is going to get under three and a half. We are going to be taking LSU plus the three and a half on the record. On the record. And I don't have the money line in front of me, but that too, of course. And it's been a while since I've done this. The drunk neighbor referenced it. Last year I went 0 and 5. Year before that, 1 and 2. But there was a time for all you new listeners where I talked about LSU whipping Alabama with a minus four and a half the national championship year well before that game was played. Boy, that worked out. I got laughed at until the end of that one. I think Alabama is going to lay one. I think that you, LSU is going to lay one on Alabama. I really do. 
The early lot driving of that line leads me to indicate you could be looking at a shootout. And if it is a shootout, as the drunk neighbor has said, that is not Alabama's cup of tea. Their offense is bad. LSU's defense is bad, but LSU's offense is, is top five in the country. And I don't think Alabama has a top five anything in the country. We're going to find out a lot. But on the record, I'll take the LSU Tigers and wait for Instagram. I should have this in front of me. But I'm taking the alternate line like I did years ago, minus four and a half. They're going to win this game by seven plus. We'll be taking the alternate line that is on the record as well, Blind. I will have that on Instagram when you wake your happy ass out of bed. And since we're on the record, let's stay on the record. Or again on 11-11 next week at home, laying 13 versus USC. You've got to be kidding me. So right now, let me get this out there. Play of the year number three is next week. I'll take Oregon laying the 13 at home versus USC. I don't care. I don't care care what this line does until then they win this game by 21 plus this is a massacre on the way i only hope bo nix has a bad game coming into this this on the record play of the year number three oregon minus the 13 at home versus usc and since we're there too not on the record but close ohio state has just come up getting six points at michigan man i don't know about that i don't know about that and the reason why is because i just do not think michigan is who we're being told or they could be. So we'll have to find out the scary way now, won't we? On the record, Oregon minus the 13 play of the year. This could be my play of the millennium because I'm taking their team total. I'm taking LSU's team total too. Oregon's team total versus USC. They're going to win that game by 50 points. I might lay the alternate line of 21 and a half and do something outrageous there. But anyway, on the record, LSU plus the three and a half. Minus the four and a half alternate line. Line to be coming up shortly. Oregon minus the 13 on the record 11-11 play of the year number three. You know it, you little white bitch. Now give me some chum chum. Ladies and gentlemen, 36-29-1 is the sports antidote. 7-1 is Bro Exotic. What a rip for him. Thanks to the drunk neighbor hopping on the Sunday sickness. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram, at the Sports Antelope. Reach out, touch brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. We'll catch you guys on Thursday. Keep it real, Anadotians!